I love graduating. All right. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, Ethan is not going to be joining us this week. He is back in Utah attending, is it his sister's wedding? Someone's yeah. Wedding. Yeah, it's his sister. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, shout out to the Williams family. They got a new member of their family. Congratulations. Um, congratulations. Uh, I've met his sister once, and I've the only thing I know about her, uh, about her now husband is... Um, that he doesn't, he doesn't like condiments on anything. I've heard he's like a, not a ketchup guy, not a mustard guy, nothing. He, he so he's a plain. plain, plain, straight up. Like, I think like I asked you, so like when he gets a hot dog, is it just like straight up? Like no, nothing on it? He's like, nope, nothing on he it. He doesn't even have a bun. It's just dog. a wiener. Just a little <laughs> wiener. <laughs> um, At what point me. is, uh, honestly, like I was thinking about that too, like, it couldn't be, I, but more than anything, is like a flavor thing. But also, like, I feel like it'd be so dry. Like, can you imagine yeah. eating a burger with nothing but like the bun and the meat? The cheese would be your where you get your moisture, and that's barely like even any of it. The minimum, yeah. You know? But I mean, it is literally the minimum. Yeah. Um, but we're not here to clown on them. Uh, we want to wish them a very, very happy wedding. And mm. uh, Brand and I thought that what would be a great uh, topic for this week is wedding movies. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I guess let's start personal. Brandon, would you like to get married one day? Is this something that's kind of on your like one day list, but not in a rush? Or is it like a we got to get this thing going? Or is it like you a well, for you? Is it like a no, <laughs> not for me? Because some people are some people don't like that. I mean, I I think uh, the idea of a marriage is a very uh, noble thing to have. Because often in society, I think nowadays, especially, it's like hard to commit to one person given how like large the universe is. Yeah, but you yeah, know, our I've worlds al- are bigger now. Yeah, but I've always like felt uh, seen myself as the type to get married, to become mm-hmm. a dad, or to become a husband. Yeah, uh, not trying to be like, oh, like I I need it to happen, and I'm going to force it to happen. It's like no, in due time. I mean, yeah. I know in terms of like kids, like the clock is ticking for uh, more so women. So I don't want to go too late, you know, yeah. but I also don't want to like forego a part of my life of independence. And no, yeah, you got to uh, find the balance that's right for like what you need, what your needs are. Right. Um, exactly. And I, yeah, I feel like I feel pretty similarly to you. Um, on my end, like, I've always, like, yeah, I've imagined, like, one day I'd, I'd like to settle down with someone and, like, share my life with, and, like, commit myself with someone. Um, am I in a desperate rush to get that done? No. Like, I'll, you know, you should, and as I feel like everyone should take the time that they need to do that. And, like, you know, some people marry relatively early, earlier into life. Yeah. Like, um, good friend of ours, Cody, uh, tied the knot with his beloved last year, and we were... Um, we were lucky enough to be be there for a special day uh, up in Oregon. Um, but, um, you know, like, I also know, like, there's a lot of people who don't want to even, like, kind of consider marriage until, like, they've hit, like, certain other milestones in their lives. Um, mm. And I think another thing that makes weddings so interesting to me is weddings are highly political and highly financial. <laughs> 
there's a lot going on there beyond like oh two people love each other there's a there's much more like i mean like when you start bringing in stuff with family you start bringing stuff in with finances because your finances do to some extent combine after you get married um you know there's there's a lot going on there and there's a lot of room for things to go swimmingly and things to go awfully um <laughs> and I, I feel like that's kind of what drove me when I was coming up with my stack for this week's episode because I wanted to kind of show off the a selection of films that have weddings in them but I wanted to kind of show like these differing sides of like what makes a wedding and like are some some situations it is the happiest day of everyone's life uh, in others, it is probably one of the worst if you, it's a nightmare. If you really get into it. Yeah, for some, it can be a nightmare. And, you know, with all the politics and stuff that go into it, it's pretty easy to understand why. Do um, you think there's, like, a time, like, that you need to get married? Like, in terms of, like, oh, if you've been dating somebody for however long, hmm. it's, like, you should get married? Or do you think, like, oh, you could get married after knowing somebody a week? And no, because I oh, see that all the time online. I, oh no, yeah, and I, yeah, and, and like, like I said, like it's 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 a marriage is something that like the meaningful, like how what it means to people varies drastically. Right. Um, and like, yeah, so I mean, I've definitely, in terms of like how I see myself going about that, it's something the way I would imagine I'd like to be dating someone for a few years before I like make that big of a commitment to them. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, like I like I've heard of people waiting like a decade before they pull that trigger, and like personally, that's a bit much for me. Like I, <laughs> you know, I feel like, but for me, I feel like by the time I've reached a certain number of years and emotional openness with someone, I'll feel comfortable jumping into that. But like, I think like I would, I personally wouldn't marry someone after a week of knowing them. Uh, but I mean, I some know. movies it, it, do I, that. So I was, exactly, I was asking. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have like a sweet spot in mind. Uh, but if I had to guess, maybe like, oh, there's so much very, it's, it really varies. Uh, I'm going to guess maybe like three to four years for me, roughly somewhere around there. I don't know. I'm not, it's, it's very much in the air. And also like we we're both 24 now. So, you know, there's a lot of room. There, there's room to try again. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, I, I mean, I think the the sweet spot is uh, two to four years. Yeah, because and also, you don't... Uh, yeah, and I think another thing is that you and I are not religious people, or like no. we don't like actively practice that kind of stuff. So no. we don't have that extra pressure or like that need of like you gotta get you gotta like be with someone who shares that same faith system as you. I feel like you and I are both pretty open on whatever. Yeah. If the uh, religious, it just depends on how it relates to other things, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So. It's like, so like for me personally, like I don't really care what, like, if Angelica, for instance, were like going to practice like religion, that's fine by me. So long as our val, like our values still align, that's, yeah. that's all that matters. Whatever your exactly. faith system is, it's like so long as, so long as you're not in a cult. I'll just say that. And before we get this ball rolling on this episode, I also wanted uh-huh. to ask you, how many weddings have you been to? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, okay, so my aunt, my aunt, uh, no, no, none of my other uncles and aunts. Two, my aunt Your and brother. 
Oh shit, my brother. You Three. forgot your brother's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about my brother's wedding. Three. Sorry, that's three. Patrick. Yeah, my aunt, my brother, and now Cody. Nice. Well, that's cool. You yeah, know, so yeah. you have a little bit of experience and background as to like how many and like what weddings are like, you know, outside yeah. of cinema, you know, as a whole. Yeah. I would yeah, say I've, I've been to at least a dozen. Yeah. Are you a particularly emotional person at weddings? I think I've just been through the ringer enough to know what to expect. And uh-huh. so the more I'm emotionally attached to the people involved, the more likely I am to get involved with the nitty gritty. Because I've been to weddings as simply like a family friend or a party guest, like basically right, yeah. because more like wanted out to... of Right. More of out of like a social obligation rather than like a I wanna be there for your special day. Right, exactly. Whereas, like, two or three of the other weddings, like, actually, like, meant something to me. Not gonna say who those are. No, yeah. You don't, we don't need to pick favorites here. But, like, no, I know what you're saying. Because, like, I can definitely, like, um, I mean, I was emotional across the three weddings that I have been to. But, you know, I can see what you're saying. Like, there's, like, if I were attending out of, like, a social inclination, then I feel like I'd be a little less emotionally invested but because it, those three weddings are are people I'm quite close with, um, yeah, it was a very emotional experience. Um, well, I hope my own wedding would be an emotional experience. <laughs> I'm sure it will. <laughs> Hopefully for you. No. <laughs> no. You'll be numb at your wedding. We'll be like, we'll be like nah. do you, do you do. take her? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, should we get into this thing? Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, why don't why don't you kick us off? Do you have a wedding movie you want to start off with? Well, I I feel like we need to acknowledge the fact that sometimes wedding movies, because like they are so easily produced, are not very good. And I feel yeah. like we knew we knew to acknowledge great wedding scenes and or weddings and like poor wedding movies. Uh, mm. I think of a Twilight Breaking Dawn Part One. Oh beautiful. yeah. Beautiful wedding ceremony there, very, uh, very much like Cody's in the in nature, yeah. which I respect. Um, and uh, my big fat Greek wedding is another one which I don't really vibe with the mm. movie, but like I love big family movies like that, and it's it's beautiful. And I know that's like I I th- I see I grew up on like watching cable like movies on cable. And the other, there were two other movies that always were on TV, and I I don't know if they made their way over to Hong Kong, but there's Brides Wars and Twenty Seven Dresses. Mm. I haven't like I've never heard of Twenty Seven Dresses, but I've is Bride does Bride Wars have anything to do with bridesmaids, or is that a completely separate thing? It's I believe okay, it's been a while, but I believe it's two uh, brides fighting over. The same venue, the same thing. Oh, I, I don't see. think it has okay. anything to do with bridesmaids. It's just they're fighting over that concept, and it has Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson in it. Okay. Uh, and I, none of the none of those four movies I love. Yeah. But they are enjoyable, and I think they recognize marriage in the most chick flicky way possible. And mm. I don't mean that as an insult. I just no, yeah, to chick get flicks have their place in the world. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. The um, you know what the that what you just pitched like or like described the as the concept for a bride voice. It reminds me of oh, we talked about this like one time offhandedly. Like, do you remember that movie from like maybe like 
eight-ish years ago. It's about like a CIA agent and an FBI agent who fall in love with the same girl and have to like yes. each other. What's it called? <laughs> this this means war. This means war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that 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 just came to mind when you were talking about that. I um, mean, that's like uh, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Pine, and Tom Hardy. Very yeah. weird group of men and women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The I think like hmm, I'm trying to think of like like what films that I would throw in as like I guess like the only two that I would throw in, but these aren't like like awful movies or necessarily terrible. It's like these aren't like on my high list of like greatest of all time, but they they've been decent enough. Um Wedding Crashers, I quite enjoyed growing up. I think Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are a funny duo. And um this was very much in like the uh much like we call it the uh the Prattessence for Chris Pratt in twenty fourteen. This mm-hmm. this era was the the Vaughnessance. Yeah. Yeah, this era. Like the the two the the shitty two thousands comedy. Vaughn owned that era. Like Dodgeball. Come on. Uh, yeah, and yes, Wedding <laughs> Crashers is among is among <laughs> among us. Among um I think one of Vince Vaughn's like more audacious of of works in that era um but def- certainly not his best work i think uh well, you know i still haven't seen freaky i should check out that movie that's not a wedding movie i know but i'm just looking at Vince <laughs> okay we're getting off topic um, okay but yeah so like that's kind of like why i would throw it for like this like that kind of era of sleazy film sleazy like uh uh wedding films I think the only film on here that would compare, maybe even just tonally, um, have you seen Steve Martin's um, Father of the Bride? No, but I was going to talk about the original from 1950. Oh, right, yeah. I forgot this was a remake. Yeah, it's a... Vincente uh, Minnelli film. Yeah, it was nominated for Best Picture, which... Was it good? I mean, you give it four. Yeah, I think it's a really well-made movie. Uh, Looking at father of the bride i you know you look at that movie and you say comedies don't really get acknowledgement by the Mm. academy or any awards body because i think there's just a negative eye cast upon them because they're not taking themselves too seriously yeah whereas father of the bride has this like unique approach because it's a guy who's like disapproving of his daughter's uh, partner and the mm. idea of a marriage for her because she's so young but also he has to foot the bill for all of this stuff and basically there are uh, so many responsibilities that he has and I, I love that he doesn't even want to have happen right right and that that's very it's it's great i i don't have like obviously i don't have a father-daughter relationship but i have a sister and i can imagine um if my dad was a more conservative person that he would react the way spencer tracy does or i'm assuming how steve martin does in the father of the bride and it's just such a heartwarming film because it's like the dad grappling with him trying to give his daughter away Hmm. and it's funny it's heartwarming it's absurd and honestly the original i don't know if like the steve martin one is but there's some surrealist elements in there in terms of production design and subjectivity of that yeah, which is super strange to see in a 50s comedy. It's not like yeah. the style of the movie. It's not a Buñuel movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it captures this wedding and like the the toughness of it all mm. in like really good stride. Mm. Cuz there's difficulties in marriage. Like you said it could be a nightmare. I guess for the father of the bride it was. 
I don't know if you feel the same about the. You could talk about the remake because, like, I have no idea if that's anywhere yeah. close to it. Um, well, um, just from I mean, the general concept is essentially the same. Um, you know, father doesn't want this wedding to happen, but it has a lot of responsibilities for it because he is like going to be funding it as well as just like organizing it, pulling it together, and also dealing with the emotional. Um, you know, package that is like giving, basically giving your daughter away and like letting her kind of like flourish into her own human. Um, so yeah, I mean, like that's pretty much it. the The movie is like it's one of those movies that. Do you ever have those movies that, for some enigmatic reason, when you were growing up, it was just on a lot? Not even necessarily because you liked it all that much. It was just like your your mom played it a lot, or like your sister, or yeah, just like those ones that were just there all the time. And all about Steve. Yeah, everyone has yeah, everyone has those films. Like I, I also had that with like I had that with Little Mermaid for a few years. Um but <laughs> Father of the Bride was definitely among the ones that like really stuck out to me when um when I was a kid. My mom loved and sister loved this movie. Um and I can see why. It's it's very charming and really like light and breezy, which I think is something I would quite miss from like these nineties comedies. Um and you know, like we've talked about this, but like, you know, the the studio comedy is dying. Or almost damn near dead at this point. Um, yeah. They're they're like if they're not going straight to streaming, they're they're just gonna get shafted and like no one's Buried. gonna watch it. Yeah, because like it's nowadays, like... Yeah. yeah, nowadays people get their comedy fix on like TV or the internet, which is kind of sad because I think theatrical comedy is fun, but whatever. Um, yeah, Father and Bride is a lot is a really sweet movie, and there's actually a really tender heart to this movie, which I was not expecting when I first saw it, but. Um, the, the, you, you should see Father of the Bride 2 is, is pretty insane. Um, Brandon, in this movie, the, the, so Steve Martin as the father in the first movie, he and his wife get, they have, they, they're going to have a baby. Oh. And, but then at the, as a twist, his daughter is having a baby as well. And that's like, that leads into like conflict between like, you're not ready. Even I'm not ready. And then, but then it's also like, but there's also, you know, they come back together and family and, you know, yeah. it's sweet. Um, I want to shift gears here and uh, let's, I want to talk about uh, something a little bit more, a little bit more crazy of a wedding movie. Um, I want to talk about Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet. My goodness. That movie's insane. That, yeah. Okay. First of all, Baz Luhrmann is on some other shit. I don't like, I don't know what this guy does, but he has such a, he has such a style in his movies that like, like it or not, it's a style that does really stick out. Um, I have you not know seen what it's Lerman. Yeah. You know what it's Lerman. Uh, yeah, you can definitely say that. Um, I've only seen one, two, no, I've seen three of his movies. I've seen great Gatsby, Roman plus Juliet and Moulin Rouge. I skipped Elvis, uh, last year. Cause, <laughs> I don't. Fr- fr- frankly, I don't. I just don't care. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, but Romeo plus Juliet. I mean, like, for anyone who doesn't know, Romeo plus Juliet is the shake is a Shakespeare retelling, obviously, um, uh, played by Leonardo DiCaprio as Romeo. Which, for anyone who doesn't know, that's like, and Claire Danes. Yeah, Claire Danes is Juliet, and they play this movie as. You know, like it's they still speak. Is it Middle English, um, which is what the original te- text was written in? However, this movie is set in a contemporary Miami, 
Yeah. Or Which like is elf. really bizarre. But they use all the same dialogue. Like, for example, like when they say like like draw your draw your like spear or draw your sword. Yeah, draw yeah. your sword. They pull out like their pistols and on it is like an engraving that says sword. Yeah. You know, cause, like, and then you know they they go about like telling that story in this way, which I will at the very least say is incredibly unique, not unlike anything I've ever seen. However, whether or not it works for you is kind of just whether or not you can tolerate that juxtaposition between the contemporary setting and the Middle English dialogue. Um, it's still a classic story; it works, but just the stylization might jump the shark for some people. Um, I think you and I have pretty similar feelings on this movie, Brandon. Do you have anything you want to uh, share about it? I like this movie. I think this is probably Baz Luhrmann's best movie. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Honestly. I I like it more than Great Gatsby because Great Gatsby is a little shiny. It's a to- for, it's and- such a tonal mess. The music in the movie makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's like Lana I mean, Del like, Rey's in it. Like yeah, <laughs> and it, Elvis sort of takes a similar path. In that it like doesn't fit the time period sometimes, and it's very jarring. It's uh, like that. And, it's like that Mary Pickford movie we watched, right? But like, ro- <laughs> yeah, like uh, what was it called? Fanchon the Fanchon cricket. the cricket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, when I look at Romeo plus Julia, it's like this Shakespeare has been done to death, and I don't care what you do. Uh, it's not bastardizing some like text that's been made a hundred times, uh, because frankly romeo and juliet we have been primed for retellings like this before you know like there are like these 80s comedies and uh subversive ones based on casting because you're not going to cast somebody who's black in a shakespeare production from back then because usually they didn't have a lot of black actors but i think with romeo plus juliet we've already been primed for stuff like that so it's super exciting to see the um the material played with yeah. You know, I think about the taming of the shrew uh, and 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a, it's another one that has the good stuff. And I mean, the love story here is really good. Um, I think the the I, I don't it's setting up for a wedding. If there is a wedding in it, it is very low get, key and small, yeah, which yeah. is surprising for a Baz Luhrmann production. Yeah. But it works. I definitely think one thing that I that struggles in terms of the text to screen translation of this uh, of this is that um you know like romeo and juliet fall in love the moment they lay eyes on each other um oh. in the text and that like call, call it what you want but like that like that is kind of like a oh of course they fell in love so quickly um yeah. which like works in the text because i think because text removes you from the visual and auditory like embodiment of that kind of out there act it kind of flows but in Romeo and Juliet I remember when I watched it and like they have that moment I think they like they meet by looking through like a fish a double-ended fish tank yeah and then they look at each other and then it's like oh like the like sparks fly um it's it comes across as a little like what the fuck like it's it's it is played romantically and he owns it but it is a little like it's a little jarring to to visual to visualize such a crazy thing to happen um, but I think like that's kind of like I will say I do respect how faithful Baz Luhrmann was to the original text because oftentimes a lot of directors take creative liberties here and there to you know do it. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of the setting, it's pretty much a, a straight translation. 
Um, yeah. And it's done pretty well. I remember um, the actor who plays Mercutio. Um, also, there's like there's like drag elements in this, and like there's like stuff that like it's it's almost like a like a modern quote unquote like retelling of the story. Um, and for that, I find it really interesting. But beyond that, it's still good. It's just good. Um, do you have any? Do you have anything else you want to throw in? Um, so not about Romeo plus Juliet, mm. but I kind of want to continue this crazy trend because often wedding movies, like you know, they don't typically stick to the craziness of everything. Mm. Um, as for a full movie, I'm going to talk about Ready or Not. That's also on my list. Ready or Not is fantastic. I'm so happy you dragged me to the theater for this. Yeah, I I dragged everybody I knew to this movie. I was like, ever I would I think I had a list and I watched it three or four times with people. I feel like because I was like, you guys got to see this because it's just so shocking and it plays with this concept of like, uh, is it real? Is it not? And I love it when movies do that. Like mm-hmm. when it's like, okay, here's the thing that's gonna happen. And there's an unreliable narrator or you're just seeing it through the eyes of a cult and it might or might not be true. And you're like, as a, as somebody who's like watching the movie and invested in the care, the lead character who is going up against this concept, you hope it's not true. uh, Just so that like she could get away with it and nobody dies, but that they also like uh, solve how not solve, um, that the the people who are in this family aren't uh, crazy, or that they, they proves that they are crazy, so that mm. gives you like some sanity. But at the same time, it's so cathartic to see what happens at the end of this movie. Oh, it's, um, it's, it is. Un- it, I, I still, I, I honestly think I revisited that scene like a few days ago, just like because it's so satisfying. Yeah, but also it's like this also captures another side of the wedding story that is often touched upon in nuance, but never touched upon quite as obviously. And that's the concept of the in-laws, you know? Mm. In in movies, in-laws are the, these nightmarish people. The, you, your family is like the in-family, so like you're going to obviously vibe. They're the normal ones. But then the in-laws who have like the strange practices and like relationships. Uh, so it kind of like exaggerates that in a way that is super hilarious, even if the movie is at times trying to be more funny than it actually is. Mm. Uh, But I think it brings to light a lot more intense uh, feelings regarding your relation to your in-laws, how you feel about joining a new family that may or may not have strange traditions and or uh, iconography. But I I just, I really dug that. And the the actors involved, I thought Andy McDowell and uh, Adam Brody were really good. Uh, I've loved Samara Weaving. This was like her her She's, big part. She is so good. I like. I didn't know she was in Scream Six until we until I saw it, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, like this movie. Like, throw throw Mia Goth in here, and you got the three Scream Scream Queens of today. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it's it. On your, would you say is Anya Taylor Joy a Scream Queen? It's complicated to to sort of tackle that because she's not really in a lot of horror movies yeah you know, she she's used, in the like, witch and, yeah and, and the times that she is yeah and the times that she is in like these these horror movies and most of the time though they're more like pseudo horror movies she's not like the screamer she's more like the she's usually like she's creep she's either creep the creeper or like the creepy 
if you know what yeah. I mean. Like she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't go all out on like the lungs in the way that like Jenna Ortega or Mia Goth or uh, like we were saying Samara Weaving tends to. Um, mm. And yeah, and I mean I agree with everything you said, Brandon. Like Ready or Not is so much fun. The like because it starts off so realistically, you know, like that you because you attach this character really quick because yeah, you know, like nervousness around the in-laws at your wedding like that's pretty understandable um but then like it it devol- it turns into this like unbelievable nightmare that she has to go through and the gore is like hits just the right strides um it's not overly excessive but it's still like still quite brutal there's a bit in like she's in like a barn or something and she's like crawling up and her hand gets caught on something i'll just say that uh and yeah like i remember like wincing in my chair um while i watched that the um, but also like this movie is also weirdly funny. Like the the like for as malicious and evil as her in laws are, there's a number of them that have some great moments. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, like you said, by the ending when it when the when it when all that is going on is really like revealed, and it kind of resolves itself. It's kind of you're kind of left there just like, holy shit, that was a that couldn't have gone worse. Yeah, that, just, yeah. that really couldn't have gone worse. And the it's ending one of the worst of like, weddings. <laughs> yeah. And like one of like just the way like the ending goes and like the house is on fire and she sits on the, the stairs by the front as the cops roll in. And she's covered in blood in her beautiful white wedding dress. And also Samara Weaving is beautiful in this movie, I will say. Um, she she just like smokes a cigarette and the cops ask her, like, what happened here? And he, she just goes, in laws. Movies. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. Mm, pitch perfect. That was excellent. Uh, yeah, this is a really fun movie. Probably, yeah. I think among the list I'm looking at uh, that I put together, this is, yeah, that's this is the worst wedding, but it's also the most one of the more fun weddings too. I do have a worse wedding in terms of how embarrassing it is. Yeah, uh, it's actually a segment from a movie called Wild Tales. Have you heard of it? I've heard the term Wild Tales, but I don't know what that refers to. So, uh, the, uh, it's an anthology movie that was released in 2014 in Argentina and basically follows like stories of all of these citizens in Argentina, uh, uh, you know, as a way to show like their, their struggle with morality in the modern world. Uh, and there is one in particular, uh, that is called, uh, hasta que la muerte nos separe uh it's mm. about a it's about a couple who's getting married and the the bride finds out that the groom had sex with one of the wedding guests at the wedding jesus so in That's in the middle of their wedding oh my, reception oh they're they're struggling with this she's struggling with this and she's going crazy and crazy and she confronts him and the person who uh, he slept with uh, who is a, we- a guest at their wedding, of course, and it just devolves into like absurdness and surrealness. And I-, I think I just love that when it comes to like wedding movies because weddings can be so boring and yeah, like it's sometimes when they go right and nothing goes wrong, it's like cool. Okay, yeah. What, it does what sound, am I to talk about? It sounds that sounds like a like a pitch for like a Vinterberg movie. Hmm yeah yeah it's it's it, it kind of feels like it tonally if you re if you watch wild tales it's the last segment of the movie mm. and it just leaves such a 
strong taste in your mouth in a in a not in a bad way it's just like it reveals how marriage and weddings can often go uh, astray just mm-hmm. because of people's personal relationships and their their egos and what drives them yeah and it kind of proves that some weddings and marriages aren't meant to be at all yeah no like, yeah it, pe- that's that's a, that's kind of the sad thing about marriage is like it's an it's a it's a sad fact that half of marriages end in divorce yeah which is sad. like that is, which is kind of sad because like you know you you would like i'd like to I, I wish we lived in a world where you know like everything goes beautifully for everyone but unfortunately we don't um in terms of a i'm trying to think of a movie where two people shouldn't be together you know what i'm gonna throw this in there just because it feels like it feels like if we don't talk about this movie someone's gonna yell at us um the graduate yeah i feel like you know it's kind of like it's the textbook one um the graduate okay uh everyone listen. i'm sure everyone who's listening knows this movie uh basically tells a story of this guy named benjamin played by dustin hoffman who uh returns home from grad school and is faced with all of this pressure and questions about his future um pressure from his family to get a job and figure it out and you know like fit into this mold shall we say um but eventually he finds himself in this really messed up but also kind of amazing and hilarious position where he <laughs> finds himself in a love triangle with this with this girl that um like seems like someone he would you know like have a good relationship with relatively speaking uh and believe it or not her mother and that's super weird super kind of gross but also like mm. kind of amazing to like just watch this drama unfold um but also it's always grounded by like this whole thing about like this person kind of looking to the future and trying to like get a grip of things um and the reason i bring this up for movies that where two people might not necessarily want to be together throughout the movie i felt like i was positioned to kind of root for him to go with the daughter it just seems like it just seemed like the romantic like like this is the choice right but by the end obviously the graduate has a very famous iconic iconic ending where you have this incredible moment where um uh the ben uh ben and um elaine who's the the daughter he he runs to a wedding that she's having with someone else and basically just breaks her out of it and they run off they 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 run off together and and you know it's kind of it's contextualized as like this you know fuck the system we're gonna go do what we want to do and you know like we're going to love each other and we're going to leave and we're going to run away and, you know, have this great life together. But then they get on this bus and they sit there and there's this sobering moment where it, you can tell the, like, it, or at least the way it comes across is like these two characters are being faced with the gravity of the decision they just made and makes them question, was this really the right choice to make for, them or was this an impulse was this was this just an impulsive terrible mistake that they just made and i felt like that was really incredible because it i feel like that lines up with kind of the the counterculture um the counterculture culture <laughs> that existed of, of the time yeah. of the time yeah and like it i i thought that was just fantastic um, i mean 
I think when it comes to the graduate, it's like this, it's subversive, like you said, but it's also pointing out how like, and I hate to say this because there is no wrong reason, but there are things that I would consider marrying for the wrong reasons, you know, Mm, getting, it's this sense of stability because if he's trying to figure out his future, like I can understand somebody who's straight out of college jumping into something because they need that sense of stability. Um, it hel- it's helpful for them to gr- uh, to cope with the world that they live in and to go back to something comfortable uh, and what seems at the time a good idea is not often a good idea. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It, this is definitely an, a great example of like, like the... Like we we said we talked about how in, in the beginning of this episode we talked about how you know everybody has their own reasons and their own approach to where they see the value of marriage, but like this this movie I think does a really great job of yeah articulating the like that kind of romanticism that comes with it and just like examining how like how infectious it is and how mm-hmm. you can get you can almost like. You get lost in the sauce, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, kind and of. Yeah. Um, in terms of a movie, and now I want to shift gears to movies where, unless you have another one that's like people shouldn't get married or it's a bad wedding. Uh, let's, no, let's shift I got gears most, to a happier wedding. I have mostly good stuff from okay. here on out. I have, I have one more of like the negative one, but it ends well. Um, the first Shrek movie. Lord Fuckwad and uh, Fiona. Um, that wedding is, I mean, it's hilarious just because of like, there's just like a lot of like little images throughout that movie where it's like that wedding is hilarious. Like the whole, like, you remember like um, the wedding cake and then, but Farquad's like sculpture at the top is like way taller than he really is. So Fiona like shrinks him into the cake. Mm-hmm. That's um, amazing. Yeah. And like, just like the, you know, it's like your classic, like, do you take, Blah blah blah. Door slams open. I'm shit. And it's just like, yeah. And then like, there's that like, and when Donkey's trying to hype up Shrek before he gets into the when he intervenes, and he's like, "You love this woman, don't you? You want to hold her, please? Huh? Yes. Then you got to <laughs> got to try a little tenderness. She's love that romantic crap. And yeah, um, this movie's wedding scene is pretty hilarious. There's a dragon that eats the groom. It's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, and like throughout this entire movie, like it again, it's like that whole thing, right? Like we talked about getting married for the wrong reasons. Farquaad wants to marry Fiona for these very shallow reasons. He wants a beautiful queen, but doesn't want to get to know her much of at all and doesn't even want to go through the effort of getting her himself. He sends Shrek. Mm. And I don't know. I just think it's a beautiful story about like, and you know, on top of that, Shrek is just a great story about like loving oneself. And you know, um, it's also just so much fun. It's funny. It's a great adventure. Um, Shrek 2 though. I mean, that's a whole other bar. Um, Mm -hmm. That movie doesn't have a wedding in it, does it? No, it's just, no, no, it's just like falling in love. It's less. Well, I know it's about the true, true love's kiss and, Prince Charming has to kiss her as human right. Shrek, but like I don't think that's their wedding that he's yeah, crashing. Yeah, I think on. I think that just happened to be a. a yeah, I think that was just something. like a ball that they were putting together. Yeah. Um, why don't you throw us into like a positive wedding movie, like a good wedding movie? Uh, Mamma Mia, 
Excellent. Excellent. I uh, it's I I if if Ethan's not here, I think it's okay we can talk to about talk about that. Yeah. Because it's about Sophie, who is Amanda Seyfried's character, trying to grapple with her identity as a daughter, a single daughter, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who doesn't know who her dad is, while also, you know, she's very much truly in love, but that's, like, kind of affecting her perception of it, depending on who her dad actually is. And rarely, I feel like, honestly, a lot of movies about weddings don't actually follow the two people getting married. It follows the people outside of the party whereas this kind of does both and i i respect them for that because it's very ambitious to have three ongoing narratives with the fathers and then sophie's own relationship with her fiance played by dominic cooper in the movie and i i just i think the wedding's very beautiful and i think the message it, it makes is very beautiful and then it's not actually you know sophie who gets married in the end it's a subversion. It's actually uh, uh, Meryl Streep's character, yeah, Donna. Donna. Yeah. And, and it's so lovely because it, it's saying, no, we're going to wait a little bit, but that doesn't mean we won't. And they do, you know, I think they do between movies. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a very positive statement on love and marriage and how it could happen at any time. Yeah. That's true. It's a, this is like mom, Mia, like it gets, it's, it gets, it's, share of hate because of its kind of like very theatrical uh you know like musical kind of kind of sensibility. The style. The yeah. style. But like no yeah like Brian, you and I have for for years defended these two movies and we've have fervently defended the sequel, which we both yeah. stands <laughs> firmly on its own. Yes, um, it is its own thing. You don't even need the first yeah, one. Yeah, you you honestly don't even need the first one. I'm not even kidding. Um <laughs> But the, yeah, this, like, the first movie is something really special. I remember, um, I remember being in, like, um, there were, okay, little tidbit. There's, um, the only real, like, DVD or Blu-ray whatever store that, um, was in, was present in my childhood. We didn't have, we didn't have, like, a Blockbuster or a Redbox. It's this place called HMV. Home mm. movie video. I, th- I don't know what, but everyone just called it HMV. Um, yeah, and I yeah. remember walking by the Mamma Mia DVDs one day and just being like, is this Greece? I want to go to Greece. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, and like, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's extremely white, but like, I don't care. It's fucking Mamma Mia. It's not a big deal. And like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a very like charming movie. And like you said, yeah, the, the twist where um, it ends up being Donna that, that, becomes the bride rather than um Amanda Seafood's character uh Sophie. It's it works. And like the I don't know. I think the drama between the characters is com- oddly compelling for such a shallow music like what you would imagine yeah. as a pretty shallow musical. Yeah. But yeah. it's compelling and like oh my god, I don't like <laughs> I'm looking at the banner on uh, on Letterboxd <laughs> for this movie and like who is that? Yeah, Skarsgard. Skarsgard staring down the camera ain't pretty uh, who chose that? <laughs> Piers Bro- Man, Piers Brosnan, Colin Firth, and Stone Skarsgård could be your dad. You blessed. This girl's uh, blessed. I, I just, I, it's such a positive outlook on marriage as an institution. And the yeah. wedding is, is gorgeous. You know, yeah. and it's not positive in the sense that it's naive. Even mm. though, like, arguably because it's a musical, you might think, oh, it's just so naive because every character in a musical acts like a child when they're singing and dancing. 
Yeah. Um, adults don't usually do that unless they're like in the theater. Mm. So it to see like a film that like, yeah, it's embracing of marriage and a wedding, but it's not like all gung ho about it because there are doubts. There are people who need time and Donna needed her time. 40 years of waiting, basically, or something, 30 to 40 years of waiting before she married Sam. So that's a good one. Mm. I, I I don't know if you thought of this as a marriage movie, but Palm Springs from 2020. That is, that is kind of, yeah, that is a marriage movie. A wedding, yeah. uh, because they're at a wedding and on a vacation. Mm. And yes, it's nihilistic at first to this concept of true love. But once you spend enough days with somebody doing nothing, doing everything, you start to realize like the beauty of it all because Andy Samberg's character in that movie is so nihilistic towards it. Yeah. Uh, not just because of his whole predicament, but because just he sees what really happened with uh, the people who are getting married. Uh, I believe there was an affair. And instead of at the end, you know, he and, um, uh, Krista Miliati's character like crashing the wedding and just like basically destroying love and ruining their time they kind of embrace it and mm. despite the flaws of the people and what they did like they fixed what they fixed it because they worked through it and I think that's such a great message to have you know because people don't often work through their problems they just sort of give up so yeah. I don't no, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying to think. Is there any? Is there any other movies worth mentioning? I'm trying to think what else I got here. Um, the there's this movie that I've wanted to see for a bit, but I haven't. I haven't gotten around to it. Um, have you seen this movie? Let me see. No, you have not. None of us have. Not even Ethan. Um, Ozu's late, late spring. I've heard this is a really good really good uh examination of that um the logline for this movie is basically that there's this girl she's like in her mid to late 20s um she and she lives at home with her widowed father uh and in the movie it kind the whole predicament is that um the girl's aunt convinces her that convinces her father that unless she marries off soon she will uh, remain alone for the rest of her life. Which I know is a very negative thing to say, and I don't think that's true. However, I the movie has more to do about this father learning to reconcile with his daughter fostering a life of her own. And and him, I from what I can gauge just from like the letterbox description, is probably about him also learning to um, seize his own life, um, which he learns by releasing his daughter from his care or maybe not care but like but from his like from his home and like allow her to kind of go about life as an adult um that's a movie which concept is just like i mean that just lends perfectly to ozu style but also is like that's a really beautiful thing because i think i i would imagine a lot of families and especially parents have to deal with that i mean like th this movie is probably like i can imagine this movie is just as just as if not more depressing than tokyo story <laughs> Um, we love Ozu. We do love Ozu. Man's a master. Um, I, the only other films on my list here that I really want to talk about, I'm, and I don't even really want these are these are the two movies where I would say 
if I got if I had to model my wedding after a wedding in in a movie, I'd pick these two movies. Crazy Rich Asians, that ceremony scene is pretty unbeatable. Um and Star Wars episode two. Dude, How come on. How could you have both? How could you have both? I don't know. <laughs> he because they get married in a closed ceremony at the end of that one, and then yeah. in the other one it's like a, a massive beautiful affair. Open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say the thing about episode two that I episode two's wedding that I find really interesting is that because yes, it, it, it comes at the end of the movie. It has this like beauty um it's honestly honestly I think one of John Williams's best pieces. No, you're um, right. Across the stars. Um yeah. and you know, it has this beautiful swelling emotional uh tone to it, and you can't help but feel kind of swept up by it. But because these movies are prequels to the original trilogy. There's almost like an aura of, um, of like tragedy that comes with it too, because we know how this story is going to end and Mm -hmm. it's tragic, but also beautiful because we get to witness this like glimmer of hope and beauty in what is a very tragic story for Anakin. Um, Probably this is like, that was the happiest he'll ever, he has ever been. Um, and yeah, it, there's something about that, the way that this movie handles its handles, that kind of lurking subtext that the audience is aware of what is to come. Mm. Um, and yeah, I thought that was handled really well. Um, we're going on 50 minutes here. Did you have any last films you wanted to throw in here? Uh, I mean, not in terms of the wedding scene, but in terms of like the full movie, I grew up on the American pie movies. So American Wedding, which I know you haven't. I don't believe you've seen any of them, have you? The have you Ameri- seen the American Pie? The only the first one. Just the first one? Well, the yeah. third one sees a marriage between two of the main characters, and it's basically discussing that. And it's like the typical hijinks, you know, akin to like a Wedding Crashers type beat where the humor's raunchy. You know, there's a lot of movies like The Hangover and Bridesmaids, which are like about the party before the marriage. And this very much kind of feels like that. Because it's leading up to a very sweet conclusion. Like, you're going to spend the rest of your life with this person, even though there's, like, doubts and or struggles with that concept of commitment. Yeah. Um, But the movie that obviously sticks out to me the most is uh, my, like, top ten favorite movie, About Time. Mm. It's my favorite wedding scene of all time. I think Crazy Rich Asians actually is a solid number two. I think that... That is a very beautiful wedding scene because it's it's conveying many different things because it's obviously embracing the fact of two people loving each other, but it's also in this beautiful picturesque environment. Um, I think the character, uh, Constant Wu's character, is like seeing like, oh, this is like so perfect after such a like tough week. You know, where everything was going wrong for her character because of her belonging in the family. It just mm. seems like such a good, like, step in the right direction. Yeah. And her, and then at the same time, it's like Michelle Yeoh's character, like, realizing, like, that she's not all that bad, even though this isn't, like, her full change. Because, like, yeah. she sat next to the person uh, at the wedding, the author, uh, and made friends with her. And yeah. that's that's a, such a beautiful thing. And it's also Henry Golding and her staring at each other. It's just so beautiful. But, yeah. you know, About Time tops it for me just mm. because it's like everybody in their lives are there. It's not a perfect day. 
but it kind of is, you know, because yeah. it's so memorable and like he gets the song that he wants to walk down the aisle to her, her to walk down the aisle to. And it's like, you see it from his perspective and it's like, so it's magical in a different sense. Whereas like crazy rich Asians is like exorbitant and uh, opulent in its depiction because it's about wealthy people about time is so very quaint and I really got the feeling that Tim standing there and watching Mary walking down the aisle. It was like, that's the closest thing I've ever come to being like, that's what it's like to be up there facing so many people that you know and love and having it be your, uh, your collective collective moment between yeah. uh, husband and wife or fiance and fiance. So I, I just, I love that followed by the beautiful reception followed by the beautiful, um, uh, not eulogy, uh, I guess <laughs> eulogy to, to being single, but the, the best man speeches, it just, it works so well for me. Mm. I can't remiss, like, I can't, I, I can't go without saying like that because it's like a movie that it's not about the wedding, yeah but it's like the midway point through it and it's kind of like highlighting the point of a romance which this movie very much is yeah um i don't know if you want to do a quick rundown of wedding movies that are not very good Ooh, but you want to uh, mention you what do you got uh why don't you start got, us off uh table 19 uh gotta go the wedding ringer starring josh gad and kevin hart uh mike <laughs> and dave need wedding dates um uh, monster in law uh wedding singers overrated so not for it uh muppets take manhattan has a wedding scene in it that's not very good sorry haters i have i have two movies that are still on my watch list but i've heard they're wedding movies uh which are they melancholia oh and there's a uh, reason i didn't bring that up man <laughs> uh and the princess bride the princess bride yeah i guess so um yeah the princess bride's good but it, it focuses less on that wedding it, it's like a fairy tale so more akin to shrek and okay. then the other one uh, melancholia is a wedding movie uh but it is probably the most sad wedding movie there is because it's not speaking on the institutions of marriage as it is speaking about an individual and how that is if a marriage affects them because of like somebody's like mental status and extenuating circumstances related to that yeah and it's so hopeless and sad i mean Trier is just a psychopath when it when it comes to love like yeah. i don't know if any of his movies that i've watched are embracing of it in fact like nymphomaniac does the opposite in a lot of ways yeah um i'll throw in one more movie this technically isn't a wedding movie it's more of a marriage movie but i think because of that there's a parallel there i can draw that i can draw i can extend that branch to it um just because i think this movie is so compelling in how it expresses like the institutions of marriage and also just how like what that relationship dynamic brings to your brings to your relationship uh gone girl that oh, movie yeah. that movie drastically affected like how i felt about marriage when i when you showed it to me brandon um <laughs> not that I, not that i think this is gonna like happen to me 
but the fact that it could happen to me makes me go. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Very cool. cool. Very um, good. So many. Very good. Happy so wedding. Delivers. All right. Happy um, wedding. All right. Well, everybody, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Stack. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, feel free to check out all of our socials down in the comments below. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, let us know what your favorite wedding movie is or, or just tell us a wedding story of your own. Wait, um, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. I just want to say um, next week we had to delay the big announcement because oh, we yes, can't. Yes. We can't do it without we, Ethan. Yeah, we can't really do it without Ethan. He, yeah, don't worry. I, I we didn't want to share, so we'll get to it next week. I'm sorry we have to delay it another week. We don't yeah. mean to do that. But. We really hope you guys are excited for this big announcement. It's, it's it's like we know we've been building it a little bit too much, but we have some great news to share with you guys. Um, yeah. I can't I can't wait for all of us to be together so we can finally tell you guys the story. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe out there uh, and keep watching movies. Have a good time. Stay frosty.